0: Right now you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use code BETTINGPOD. Grades and data are live for every single player who logged a snap last week. Go check out the highest graded players from week 10 and look to find early value on spread picks and player props for week 11. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFFs, NFL, and college football betting dashboards, our grade power projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team, player prop tool, which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop, and so much more. Support the pod and use promo code BETTINGPOD for 25% off any subscription. NFL is in the books. I think everyone would basically say that there is, uh, you know, a lot of parity in the NFL. College football as well. PFF green Line model did perform pretty well. Um, above expectation for another week. Eric, how did both the NFL and NCAA College Football Green Line models do here in week 10, week 11 of college football? Yeah, man, it,
1: it's been a, a nice little run here, especially in NFL. I mean, we yep. just finished NFL as our, our fifth consecutive positive week. The last five weeks in uh, Green Line, if you just bet you know one unit on each edge on closing lines, you're up twenty eight units on Green Line um, for the year. And this is a uh, seven of the last eight weeks have been positive for the year. Um, you're up nine point six six units. We did have a week three, of course, we talked about on the show. We could not buy a bucket, and that of course right. uh, got us there. Um, college football, we were down four point three three units. Um, in college football, we had uh what was it five of the last eight weeks have been positive, but we did have a bad week eight. Um, if you restrict it down to edges of like two percent or more, it is up on the year. So a pretty good like I would just say this year has been been a good year. I think you know we we've taken our lumps in the past, especially the first year of PFF green Line. Um, but over time, I think we've we've learned uh, to sort of calibrate the models uh, in, in a very good way and, and it makes for some pretty good Sundays. Um uh
0: betting games. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you. You know, you do always want to throw in the disclaimer. Uh this is based on the worst case scenario, right? Tracking some of those consensus lines at closing. We obviously do have value throughout the week. Some of those plays don't get in there. Maybe there are some plays that then move in the wrong direction, do become plays at the closing line value. So judging it based on this is probably the most difficult way to actually beat it, showing that the model's still, you know, been profitable for both NFL and NC, I do think is an encouraging sign forward it's a spot we are obviously always going to continue to you know try and grow and improve upon uh, and stay ahead of the market in order to kind of get those plus expected value bets here down so let's see let's move on you know obviously week 10 main takeaway is going to be uh there are no really good teams in the nfl yeah. right now right buccaneers lost uh cowboys rebounded a little bit rams lost here on monday night football how do you kind of approach this idea of teams you know performing close to their floor and they? Performing close to the ceiling. How do you kind of weight these two differentials? Do you, you know, basically remove a game from the data set or at least, you know, not have it necessarily be um factoring into uh how you evaluate this team as much as other games, or how do you kind of approach that whole setup and structure from like, you know, philosophical overall standpoint?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, the the hard part is it's sort of like the the statisticians like parable where, you know, you're you sort of have one foot on hot coals and one foot on ice, and on average, you're yeah. you're you're feeling just fine. um yeah. <laughs> I, In my opinion, like you, you have to keep everything in the data because you know the, there's this uh, thing in in statistics called the optimal sampling theorem. And you know, you and I are you're one of my best friends. I've I've been in you know Vegas with you. I've been in the casino with you. It's sort of like you know it, it's that gambler who thinks he can sit down at the blackjack table at just the right time, um, right. you know, without counting, of course. And think he can pick it off, and it's like no, in random processes uh either you play them all or you don't play them all um they're they're you know human beings are not good at sort of picking their spots in purely random processes now, obviously, in sports betting, you hope to be betting with an edge um but but it, it, among two games where you have an edge, you're not better off picking one and not the other um so like just you know you sort of keep it there um I would say you know, I think that the parable is you're sort of like you know there's No team is as good or as bad as it seems. You saw the 49ers tonight coming off of a loss to Colt McCoy uh, and the Arizona Cardinals, a team uh, that, you know, uh, just lost by three scores to Carolina uh, at home. Um, You know, now they they go and they beat the Rams by three touchdowns, you know? So, like, it's up and down, and I think this week what you can do is identify some spots where you can sort of you know, hit on the overreaction. So what are a couple of them? Well, Thursday Night Football, New England, going to Atlanta and laying six and a half, right? We talked about this on the PFF forecast. It was five and a half at the time. Um, you know, the forecast, were supposed to be giving you things that'll close better than they open. Well, we didn't give out five and a half because we knew it would get out to six and a half, seven, right? And and that's right. where it's trending on Pinnacle. There's no reason the, the, the Patriots should be getting, should be laying seven on the road. In it. No way. Uh, I know that the you know first year head coach thing. I know Belichick. I all that. They're not that much better than the Falcons. This is a very much overreaction spot to two very dichotomous results
0: we saw last week. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you, and I actually do um agree with back in the Falcons here on Thursday night. Do you think you know the Packers uh, Vikings matchup here? Packers two and a half point road favorites. Do you think that kind of fits into uh, some of the mentality? Obviously, the Packers have won. Uh, You know, last week against the Seattle Seahawks, but they didn't necessarily look that impressive doing it. Uh, Minnesota kind of finally found uh, the right, you know, calculation, how they performed, getting Justin Jefferson involved, being a little bit more aggressive, especially on fourth downs, ended up beating the Chargers team that the betting Market seems to be a little bit higher on. Do you think that's a spot that uh, maybe is a little bit of an overcorrection or how you kind of evaluate that particular matchup?
1: Yeah, that one's interesting, right? Because it's true. Like we talk about on this podcast, you know, to mostly say, you know, like, you know, don't coach your bet, right? And I, right. I learned this from Seren Petro. I thought it was great. Uh, radio host out of Kansas City. But he said, don't coach your bet. Um, you know, don't bet the Vikings believing that you that, that you can push the levers for them. Bet them thinking how they're going to push the levers, right? And so far right. in the first, you know, eight games of the Vikings season, they they had all the right levers to push and they weren't pushing them. And then in week nine against the, or sorry, week 10, their ninth game against the Chargers, they pushed all the right levers and they ended up winning out, right? And, you know, I think everything trends back to to the mean. So if you're looking at this Minnesota, two and a half to three point underdogs at home against Green Bay, I think that line reflects a little bit of the rust that Rodgers and the Packers are going, going through, but also the fact that the market does believe that Minnesota is going to full speed ahead after this week. And we've already seen, we, we've seen it happen then. They had a great game against the Seahawks. They pushed all the right buttons against the Seahawks. The next week against Cleveland, just seven points, right? Like right. they pushed right. all the right buttons at the end of the game against Carolina, not the beginning of the game. Then they come out and they, they almost lose to Cooper Rush or they lose to Cooper Rush and then they lose to uh, you know, the Ravens in a spirited effort. So to me, I think the only thing you could do here is fade Minnesota at home.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree uh, you know, with fading Minnesota, and I definitely buy into uh, what you're saying, right? Obviously, um, we cannot coach the teams in the way that we think they should actually play. If we could, a lot of the teams would probably be performing a little bit better uh, than what we have seen so far, but I do really like that. Um, I do really like that idea and mentality. This is something that, uh, you know, as you kind of progress in your you know, betting career, it is something that uh, becomes more obvious. I do think there are some hard lessons to be learned right away uh, and not necessarily (coughs) following through with some of that advice so definitely you know take that make sure you know kind of balancing out the factors of how you kind of evaluate these teams and how they go for moving forward so we'll see let's go we got Maction here on Tuesday night right we got a number of uh, you know Tuesday Wednesday matchups Uh, anything that kind of jumped out to you immediately as far as a betting spot that you are intrigued with uh, for this Tuesday and Wednesday slate
1: yeah, I, you know, I look at this this Tuesday um action list for one, uh, I'm gonna tell you, Ben, this is we got we got a really good number. I wish I would have told you to pet this um in the right. CFL. Um, you know, this is the last regular season week of the CFL, but the Elks and the Argonauts play two games this final week. They play tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Um, the Toronto Argonauts have already clinched the division. They open a seven and a half point favorites at home against the Elks, who are not uh they they don't have anything to play for this number is now down to three and a half because it looks like the argonauts are going to sit everybody um i got you know i got plus seven and a half i got plus three and a half first half for the elks i think that's a really good number there um that's an example of you know it was against my numbers but um you know but you you read the context and you know the fact that the argonauts have nothing to play for so that's a game on tuesday night uh to think about i don't know necessarily if i'd take the elks plus three and a half but maybe you know. If Argonauts are sitting everybody, um, maybe, maybe the Elks just went out right anyway. Um, but as far as Maxion is concerned, those numbers are already up on PFF.com, uh, NCAA Green Line, uh, as are the results of our simulation. Um, you know, I think one thing that sticks out to me is Eastern Michigan at home against Western Michigan. I think Eastern Michigan's a value, um, you know, at plus 5.5, plus 6, as well as like plus about 180 on the money line. Um, to me, that, that's probably the best bet on the board Tuesday. I would even lean, uh, even though I think, um, you know, you, with after the regression we do, it's not that big of an edge, but I would probably go over in that game too. Um, and and I don't think anybody needs to be uh, told twice to bet an over in a action game. Um, right. Miami of Ohio laying 16.5 was value. Now it's 17.5 against Bowling Green. I think I'd lay off 17 there. Um, but again, with the total that big, think about over 51.5. Uh, Toledo, Ohio. Um, I think Toledo minus seven is probably the side there. Um, and then on Wednesday, you know, you have a close game Buffalo versus uh, Northern Illinois. This is one MAC game, MAC game. I
0: will say bet under 63.5 in that one. Yep, there we go. And if you want to get in on any of this betting on the, uh, you know, MAC action football or CFL, DraftKings has you covered. They obviously have, you know, some of those original lines are getting, you know, first to market on a lot of that. So it is a great spot if you are a sports better. Make sure you check them out. If you bet just $1 on any team to score, you can win $100 in free bets. They're giving you tons of cash prizes away. If you aren't allowed to bet uh, at the sportsbooks, you can also play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Uh, It's a great place to play. All new customers have a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports spending partner of the NFL must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania-only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on. Hey, you didn't insert the joke Kings. in there that like what's what's the best the joke. Jo- the so George also dinner? says,
1: you know, one in hundred nine with it if you're in Indiana or PFF underscore
0: Eric. A PFF underscore Eric. I mean, come on now. Come on. No, I don't think I don't I don't think you're down in that one eight hundred gambler with it level. I do think, you know, I mean, you do make it to the casino every weekend at least, but you're still more of a guy that like Likes the feel of being in the casino, the action, and those sorts of things. I'm more of the computer screen betting fan right now. What do you think is the appeal of going into the casino every single? Yeah, day? I went to the sports book this week with uh, David Sofaro, Austin Gale of PFF. That was a lot of fun.
1: Um, our mutual friend Sean also came. We were we were sweating out the uh, Detroit Pittsburgh game. We all had money line tickets on Detroit. Um, you know, you and I were smart on Saturday and got the plus eight. Uh, and the money line the money i pushed obviously plus eight was great but i just kind of like kind of like being inside the sports book you know i just like i kind of like being inside coffee shops and stuff i don't think that's ever going to go away maybe i'm a boomer in that regard but
0: um there's something about carrying that ticket in your hand isn't there right yeah definitely is i mean you can keep it obviously for tax purposes everything else but um, yeah, I, I, I do like the atmosphere of the sports book, not so much the coffee shop. I think that might be a little bit of a leak, but going down there, sweating it out with everybody else, getting, you know, getting the feels, get people to ask you what your favorite bets are, get the camaraderie. I do think that is, uh, you know, one of the best aspects of sports betting. So I won't give you a hard time on that anymore. Don't think you have a gambling problem wanting to go down to the casino every single week. So let's see. We got, you know, Thursday night football as well. And, you know, Eric obviously talked a little bit about his Thursday night football, uh, you know, bet on that game that he actually likes. Do you see anything uh, potentially in, you know, Louisville Duke or Southern Miss Louisiana Tech on Friday night that you're kind of liking from this college football slate?
1: Yeah, I you know, um, I think Memphis Houston is going to be an interesting one because Memphis just lost to ECU. That was a, a play that, that Green Line liked. Um, I kind of like under 60 and a half in that game. Um, I like the under in the Duke Louisville game. I don't know. I think I'm probably, you know, Greenline's probably one in 10 betting Duke unders this year though. Duke unders, right. Because uh, they're, right. they're just so bad defensively. We actually don't have a side on any of those Thursday or Friday games. Um, but, you know, something like San Diego State, UNLV, um, if you're a real sicko, over 41 does seem like it's maybe a bit low. UNLV's defense uh, is not great, but neither is their offense. Um I kind of want to ask you a little bit about one game on Saturday, and I know you do uh, You know more discussions about this. But this is a game, uh, I think, for PFF's reputation here uh, because we've been low on Oregon basically all year. Um, do they play this week against Utah? Yes, they do, right? They do.
0: This is the week. This is the week you have been waiting
1: for, this right? This is the week I've been waiting for. Utah's going to get probably two
0: swings uh, at Oregon. Uh, what's the spread on that game? So this is minus three for the Utah Utes, so I feel like you're justified already in your, you know, how you've actually evaluated the Oregon Ducks, you know, three-point road underdogs right now to the Utah Utes, and, uh, you know, we just have uh, basically no value whatsoever. Lean is definitely on the Ute side at minus three, so maybe if that moves... Uh, you know, further in the Ducks' direction, I do think we could probably get a spot on the Utes, but I think the under is definitely the correct play in this matchup. Right, fifty-nine and a half point total. Uh, both uh, both defenses, basically second and third best units in the Pac-12 defensively. If you don't buy into Oregon's def- Oregon's offense, which is one reason why I think you don't like them. Uh, I think playing under fifty-nine and a half is definitely yeah. The, yeah. the second best second and third deep.
1: Yeah, you look at this like the the Utah Utes are second in in our opponent adjusted defensive grades in the Pac-12, Oregon's third, that's great. Um, Oregon is seventh in offense, Utah's second in the Pac-12 in offense. You right. look at the EPA, uh, ever since they got Charlie Brewer out there, you know, .05 per run, that's Davion Thomas, just running the football with reckless abandon uh, for those that play those those, those DFS tournaments. Um, you know, and then uh, a .22 EPA per pass play, a very balanced team, 52% pass, 48% run. The Utah Utes are kind of like a, a fairly good example uh, of what you want there. Almost five percent of all of Utah's passes, that includes Charlie Brewer, uh, have been big time throws. Less than two percent have been turnover worthy plays. It's about even. steven for Oregon, three and a half percent big time throws, three point two percent turnover worthy plays. Like to me, this might be the game that I have. I have all the marbles on as as I think Utah not only you know puts you know their flag and they had a couple losses early year to san diego state's a good team that game was in overtime and byu is a good team um and then oregon state who has been up and down um but
0: uh, i think the utah Utes here show their dominance i think they killed oregon ducks in this game yeah definitely they've been looking really good offensively basically since the oregon state game so i definitely agree with you our you know our opponent just power rankings have them as better offense kind of like you said second overall in the pac 12 so I think they, you know, get up early uh, and they're, you know, kind of able to kind of keep Oregon at bay. I do think covering three, definitely the best, you know, probably uh, the approach on that side. I do think if you can get it down to minus two and a half, uh, full send on the Utah Utes here on Saturday. And I'm with you on that. I'm waiting for uh, the Ducks implosion a little bit. I do think we're going to get it here on Saturday. So I like that. Any others that you like uh, from this initial college football side? I know we got to get some early week talk in here. Uh, we'll get some more at the end of the week with Anthony Trush, but is there any other spots that you are really either intrigued by uh, or like on the spread or total here? Yeah, we had a really good discussion
1: on the PFF uh, college preview show, which airs every uh, Friday at 11 a.m. about why why Clemson, you know, is uh, in the top, you know, 10 or whatever in our power rankings. It's like, will they be favored against most teams on a neutral? They are favored by four and a half uh, this week on an, you know against Wake Forest at home. I'll take Wake Forest plus the four and a half here. I just I just don't think Clemson has the horses. Um so that's one bet I like. I mean, hopefully that game closes more uh, around a field goal. Um, you know, if you have followed along and taken the Chanticleers over nine and a half wins, I believe that was one of ours. Also Kent State over five wins. Uh Kent State just needs to win one of their next two games. Um they should be uh fine. But the Chanticleers have to win both of so. their games to push ten if you got ten. And to go over if you have nine and a half. If you are nervous about that, the Texas State Bobcats are getting twenty-two in coastal <laughs> against Chanticleers. You know, there's a humongous middle there. Right? right. So, so go ahead. So go ahead and take the Texas State Bobcats plus 22 against our Chanticleers. i I do think that without their starting quarterback in there, it's going to be hard to cover more than three touchdowns against really anybody. So I like that one as well. Um, not necessarily a model play, but one that coincides with what we bet, what we've bet earlier. Uh, that's the advantage of getting good numbers there. Um, and then, last but not least, let me find uh, our UAB Blazers, Ben. Uh, like always, man. UAB plus sheets, four and a half man. at UTSA. UAB, uh, as I said on on the show, I had UAB and Utah State, both plus four and a half, both won outright last week. I'm going back to the well. UAB Blazers plus four and a half at the hot UTSA road.
0: Yeah, the Blazers are a staple of the PFF betting podcast for the last, like, three years. This just been a team that, you know, has consistently performed above expectation. I do really like backing them, even though, you know, UTSA may be one of the best group of, t- group of five teams, uh, best team in the Conference USA right now, 1-2 matchup. So I do think this is a very intriguing game if you kind of get into some of those group of five, uh, you know, conferences i think that those offer some of the best betting opportunities in college football right now i do think a lot of people you know talking to you know some of the other people that do some modeling around college football focus on you know one specific conference like the big 10 i think ed fang does that uh, some other guys focus on just the sec or something so i do think if you have uh you know a good understanding of some or one of these group of five conferences that is maybe some of the uh best bets probably best Uh, expected value plays that you can find here on any football betting. Uh, So I definitely encourage you maybe, you know, use the PFF grades that we have available to you, Uh, all of, you know, the college football uh, subscription service that we have. I do think that's definitely going to give you a leg up on some of these bookmakers to get the best bets you can possibly make in the group of five action. So make sure you check out all the great articles tools and everything else we have a pff.com eric and george have their spread picks article for week 11 of the nfl slate already up there so if you want to find some early betting value get that closing line value make sure you check that article out we're gonna have player props coming up here on wednesday green line is going to be up here early early on november 16th so make sure you check that out as well from ben brown joined by eric eager we appreciate you guys listening to the pff betting podcast